BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hello again. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network, taking you into the garage area and talking to the folks to make these race cars go around in circles and go around on street courses. We're going to talk a lot about that this week. I'm Steve Post, pit road reporter for Motor Racing Network. Todd Gordon, 25-time and championship-winning crew chief, is here. And Todd, the anticipation, the desire to talk Chicagoland is through the roof across the industry, across the sport. But let's talk a little Nashville. What you, would you see in Nashville that uh, caught your attention here? Arguably the best race of the year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. A, a racetrack, and I'll, I'll speak to it. I had many years, back when this was on the then Bush Series right, schedule yeah. to Xfinity, whatever you want to call it. This was a one-groove racetrack. It might get to two. Right. It might get to two if you're really good, but it, it was a one-groove racetrack. Since NASCAR's brought this back on the schedule for, for the last three years, I think, I, I almost don't think it was intentional, but Goodyear had a tire wear issue when they first did the tire test there. They were, it was just the surface was wearing out. They went to spraying resin on it to get it to rubber in. That resin over the whole racetrack, this place, it's three, four grooves wide. Unreal. You, you've got people, you aren't racing on the bottom anymore. The preferred line is up, yeah. but it's not like, it's not like some of the places where we put resin on the second and third groove and the bottom becomes non-existent. You can race everywhere. We saw, we saw a three wide race for the lead for three laps consecutively. Yeah. I mean, I, it's crazy. I mean, and, and three wide of Ross yeah. Chastain, William Byron and, and Martin Truex Jr. Yeah. I mean, it's. It was great racing. Phenomenal racing. Yeah. All over the place. I sat there on pit wall after year one, year two, sat on pit wall, and and Rudy Fugel, crew chief for William Byron, is one of my, just Mm -hmm. one of my really favorite go-to guys to just sit on pit wall. Sometimes we talk about hiking. Sometimes we talk about family. Sometimes we even talk about racing. And he looks at me and he says, did you cover races here when it was Xfinity Series? And I said, yeah, it was in Truck Series. I said, yeah. He says, was it ever this good? No. I was the same way. No, no, it wasn't. I love the place. Right. I love the place. I, I ran well there, but it wasn't, it wasn't the racing that they put it's, on yeah. the last. And it's not just, it's not the next gen car. They put a show like this on with the gen six car. Right. The first year we came back. Yeah. I really, truly believe it had to do with resin on the surface and getting the whole racetrack to rubber. They found the key in Nashville that works for that racetrack. For concrete. Great race, for concrete. For concrete. Yes, for concrete. And, yeah. And what a cool racetrack. It's a mile and a third. It looks like it's a super speed or like, like an intermediate. Yeah. It races like a short track. Yeah. Just it's its own creature, but what a great event it was. And and like you talked about, I mean, I would say arguably the best race of the year as mm-hmm. far as if you really look through the field of what of the racing that went on. We had guys go to the Kyle Bush. Yeah. Recovered from two yeah. situations. Yeah, a ra- a record of speeding penalty and he came yes. back through. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um Ross Chastain, we have all we have all been all over the Ross Chastain story. The ups, the downs, yep. the insides out, and everything like that. How big, in your opinion, is that win for him? For, for if you're Phil Surgeon, you're the crew chief on that one. Kind of that. That's got to be a big win for these guys. That was a rocket booster. Yeah, that was a rocket booster. And, and really, if you look at it, you know, Ross is. I've been a supporter of him. Yes. Most there's there's a lot of 
blaming it on Ross just because he's yeah. aggressive in right. situations, you know, like Talladega. I don't feel like he did anything wrong at Talladega. Mm-hmm. I know, I know Noah didn't like it, but I don't feel like Ross was at blame there. Um, there's other situations been that way too, but there's been those that have been on his shoulders. So that sometimes you're guilty by, you know, association, but he put together a a really good race. They were good to start with. They lost a little bit of pace in the middle. He was, he didn't race overly aggressive, but once he got the lead, he made a pretty aggressive move three wide through a couple lap cars. Right. I mean, he, he's figured out like this race, he put together when to be aggressive, when not to be, and just put together the race. Yeah. I, I think this is one that they can build off of and build forward. Like, like he's now found that, that pocket. On that sweet spot, yeah. Yeah, to me, when you look at Ross's three wins, the chaos at Coda of the last lap, mm-hmm. which is just a brawl, mm-hmm. and he was the guy that coming out of the final turn was ahead of the brawl. Yep. Okay, that's yep. it. Okay. Talladega, you, you've, you have got, it takes a special skill to win at Talladega and Daytona. He avoided they, the wreck. Yeah, exactly. He avoided the wreck. This one to me was one where they're like, okay, we have a good car. We're going to go claim this race. We're going to go take this race. We're not going to spin anybody out trying to get there. We're not going to have people coming up and fighting with us at the end. To me, this is a big, big win for him and that team. He was third at the end of stage, you know, starting to the third stage and drove by Martin Truex Jr., drove by Dunny Hamlin. Martin followed him through. The only person, the one that I think we, we all kind of missed on, I think the second best car at this race was Kevin Harvick. Yeah, and he had that. Oh, he, had he was rolling. Yeah. I mean, if you looked at it, at least in, in stages, and this yeah. is one thing that's interesting about Nashville is I feel like Nashville, as it goes from daylight to dark, mm-hmm. there's a fairly big swing there. We've seen it two years in a row. The Gibbs guys last year were really good before the rain delay. After the rain delay, the nine car came to life, right. and right. they weren't as good. The, the, yeah. the 19 and 11 really dominated this race through the middle. When we got to full darkness, the one car came forward. The four car was coming, had a right rear go down. Yeah. I'm not sure why, but he had rolled himself. He was on he pace was to, just with, with Ross. Him, yes. Picking him forward. He yeah. was just, and, and you know when Kevin Harvick and Rodney Childers, they get on that rhythm of, they get yeah. on that rhythm of 10th to 8th to 6th he to was, 4th. He was the 4th and, he was the fourth and coming. Yeah, I, exactly, I felt like yeah. he was going to be second to Ross. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it, but what a great race. Great race. And, and, and the only thing is, is that that race... It takes a little lower level because we've got Chicago yeah, coming up. man, oh man, we do, exactly. I do want to also just give a give an attaboy, uh, Barney Hall attaboy, someone who needed a good day, Dave Lenz and Eric Jones, yes. eighth place finish. Um, it's not been what they wanted up at Legacy Motor Club. You you know, you got an inside mm-hmm. look there. They won Darlington last year. They came into this year. It's like, man, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? But that was a great, great day that they put together. And not when they fell into. They drove no, They drove, drove there all day long. And, 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 you know, they were, Eric just drove his way methodically forward. They were a contender in that, in that second half of the top 10 most yep. of the day. Another one to put a great race together, one on Saturday. And came back with a 10th place run on Sunday is A.J. Allmendinger. A.J. Allmendinger, yeah. Yeah, you're right about that. Two guys that that, that I thought, you know, recovery from where they've been this season. This season, yeah. And try to build forward out of that. To your point, Eric Jones and Dave Ellens, they they did a phenomenal job of of getting back to where – that's the that's the team that we saw last year. Yeah, let's see if they can build off that that, Exactly, that's the team that we saw last year. Top 10, top 10, top 10, and boom – when yep. they can strike, they can strike. You yep. know what I mean? So we'll see what happens. That's for sure. All right. Um, Chicagoland is coming up, and everybody is all geeked up about it. 
We're all geeked up about it. None of us know about it. <laughs> exactly. I mean, we don't know anything about so, how the racing's going to so, be, how the circuit's going to be. We haven't even seen the place. So here's what we're doing on Crew Call. We're going to get a guy that can explain the unknown so that even a dumb radio guy can figure it out. Cliff Daniels is crew chief over at Kyle with Kyle Larson over at Hendrick Motorsports. Cliff is going to explain everything for us. Yeah. Let's, let's lean on <laughs> Let's lean on Cliff Daniels, he joins us next here on Crew Call. But first, race into Wendy's today for the beefiest, baconist burger ever, the Baconator. The NASCAR season is here, and Toyota Racing is looking for clashers. Did you clash at the Coliseum with your favorite Toyota drivers? Clashing with the HOA, who won't let you carve bell number 20 into your lawn. Or maybe your Tyler Reddick shirt clashed with your pants while meeting the in-laws. If you're a clasher, then we want you. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing Inc. Welcome back. It is Crew Call here on the Motor Racing Network. And uh, really, really enjoy when we get a chance to catch up with this guy, Cliff Daniels, crew chief for Kyle Larson over at Hendrick Motorsports, joins us. Hello, Cliff. How are you? Hey, guys. Doing great. And I hope you are. We are well. Also, a busy, busy week as far as that go. I want to obviously talk a lot about what is coming up, but here we are kind of at the beyond the halfway mark. Just kind of assess the five team, the, the good, the bad, where you guys are at as far as uh, your performance thus far this season. Yeah, we, we started the year incredibly strong. Um, we were actually looking at the statistics the other day with the team. And if you just look on the sheet for our finishing position, you know, for the first three months of the season, you'd be like, man, you, you guys are all over the place. Uh, but of the first 18 events, at some point towards the end of, of the 18 events, in 14 of them, the five car had a shot to win. That includes Daytona, Talladega, you know, obviously wrecked out of Darlington, wrecked out of Dover, and, and some other races like that. Um, but we were really, really strong at the beginning of the year. And then unfortunately, and, and I'm going to share most of the blame on this, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking at the schedule in front of me now. I guess it was Charlotte, Gateway, Sonoma, and Nashville. Uh, candidly, we've been a little off our game to, to start the race uh, for those four events. Kind of sad about that, a little disappointed about that. But on the flip side, um, our team and, and Kyle, we've, we've done a great job of executing at the end of those races to have a shot. Um, Charlotte, we started out terrible. By the end of the race, I think that one of the last restarts before we crashed, we were second or third. Um, Gateway, I genuinely think we were a 32nd place car for the first 50 laps of that race, which is just horrendous. Um, but but then we we really got to work on the car, had a couple of good restarts, did a little bit of strategy and got up front at the end. And there were five restarts at the end of Gateway. And, and we were, you know, on the front row for four of them, right, which is crazy. Um, Sonoma was just kind of an okay day. We, we were top 10 car most of the day. And then Nashville, uh, again, to start the race in Nashville, um, we, we fell through the field like a boat anchor and then, uh, and then got to work on our car and, and uh, you know, came out with the top five. So proud of the team for the effort of execution, you know, of getting back up front towards the end of some of these races. Um, a, a little sad that we've missed the mark on performance to start with, but uh, the capability is certain, certainly there. Um, the, the team is still plenty motivated and plenty energetic. And, and if we, you know, we, we kind of find our way again of unloading a little closer. Um, I think there's still a lot of potential on the table. 
I love that you hit about four different questions that Steve and I talked about all in that explanation, which was great. But as I look at it and you talked about it, I'd like you to go a little deeper in it. But you start off the season like I look at you guys, you're perennial, right? You, you are one of the people every race you talk about. It doesn't matter where it is, right. even Martinsville now, right? Yeah. Um, and, and we, which was a great win last year. But um, have you in retrospect, as you look back at this, What's caused you to miss it to start with? Is there, is there changes in the car? Is there tire changes? What I, I, I just, I look at you guys as being ultra prepared, which I know you are, but to be that far off, it, it, you talked about a 32nd place car at, at Gateway and to be that far off to start with, it just, it, it baffles me. It, and it also just, it's amazing how you recover. I, I thought your two tire calls at Gateway to get yourself in back in position I think you, you, the time you've spent, you've done a phenomenal job, your whole race team, and, and you lead that of recovery. But how's it started off? Off because at the beginning of the season you didn't. Yeah, that, that's a great question, and and it, it, the answer is so simple. Um, everything has to be so fundamental to, to be right. You know, if if you go to Target or Walmart and buy a book on on how to run a, a team, whether it's a little league team or an NFL team, the one hundred and one. Of, of that is going to be all the foundations and fundamentals of, of communication and teamwork and all those things, right? What I'm presenting to you is an illustration. To answer your question, the fundamentals that we missed at the start of those races were exactly in the balance and like the air pressure state and where the car needed to be. There were some philosophies that we used at the beginning of the year on higher fall off tracks. And again, I'm looking at the calendar in front of me. So you know, you have a lot more fall off at Vegas. You have a lot more fall off at Dover. You have obviously a ton of fall off at Darlington. Mm-hmm. Very different than what we just experienced at Gateway in Nashville that aren't high fall off tracks. So from a purely fundamental philosophical approach with, you know, the platform, air pressure platform, balance platform of the car, we applied some high fall off principles to a track that doesn't have high fall off. I see that now in retrospect. I'm super sad at myself that we didn't see it leading into the race. And when you look at it on paper, you'd be like, hey, duh. Um, I say that to myself now. Um, and, and, and then it took us, you know, during the meat of those races to identify that and say, oh, shoot, this is what's going on. These are the changes that we need to make from, you know, the overall ride height scheme of the car, the balance of the car, the air pressure platform of the car. And now all of a sudden we have a race car. Um, uh, we were legitimately a 32nd place car at the beginning of the race at Gateway. And at the end of the race, we were a legitimate top five car. Mm-hmm. Like we, we, we swung the pendulum that far, but it took a lot of changes to get there. And same thing in Nashville. Um, so, so your question is perfectly valid. And, and we had to ask that of ourselves. And now that we see it, I, I think we can identify that of, of ourselves moving forward. Um, we have New Hampshire coming up, not quite as much fall off as like a Richmond. We have Pocono coming up that's not going to be near the fall off as Charlotte or, or Dover, some of those places. Yeah. So now that we've identified the fundamentals of, of what we missed, I, I think we can build that in hopefully a lot more correctly moving forward. The um, When we started the season, it seemed like the five car and the 24 car, you guys are racing at the front of the field. You're winning battles off from pit road. You're side by side on the front row. Um, it, it, it appears also to me that the level of competition, particularly a couple of the Gibbs cars, maybe you guys had a little bit of an advantage to start the season, but it appears that some of these teams have caught up. Is that an accurate statement as well? 100%. Uh, th- those guys are tough right now. 
it's the cup series, right? And, yeah. and, and Todd, you've lived this for so many years. You, you, you think the second you think you're in an okay place, they're coming, right? And, yes. and they're coming fast. The, the teams are so good now. The technology is evolving so quick, um, you know, for, for how we process and analyze anything on, on the sim side, the driver simulator side, you know, how we're always looking at the track scans, track data, tire data, aerodynamic, you know, data. Um, we're, we're more, I would say, handicapped in terms of the scope, in terms of the scope of what we can develop nowadays, of course, because mm-hmm. it's all single source parts and, you know, everyone has the same car and we're all on the same tire and all those statements are very true. So the box that we have to work in is so small that any little thing that you can find is great. But, you know, the big teams of the world, the, the Gibbs, Pinsky, Stuart, Hosh, Roush, all those big teams of the world, um, you know, they're they're doing the same things that we are. So they're not going to be behind for long. And, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Um, certainly Gibbs is strong right now. Of course, Trackhouse is doing great. RCR has been up there. Um, there's been a lot of races that, that even the Penske cars have been really good. I know they haven't been as consistent as what they want to be. But uh, at, at any moment, you're a whisper away from contending or not. And, and, and you've just got to keep keep yourself sharp. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It, it seems like a razor's edge. And like you've talked about, you can go from 32nd to a, a, a race winning mm-hmm. car with adjustments on pit road. So the window's really small. Let's look forward um, a little <laughs> bit. I, 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 I'm interested. Um, you know, Chicago, the unknown. It really, nobody's seen the racetrack. We won't have a racetrack put together until what, midnight Friday night? So Saturday morning would be the first time you really get to see it. We went to a place called North Wilkesboro that you really didn't have all the scans and pieces. You guys did all right with that. Uh, talk about going to Chicago. Got to be, got to be exciting for you. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I was anticipating this question, something that I would share that's, uh, this is just wild. Um, and, and a huge credit to NASCAR and, and a lot of the software folks that have brought this about. But uh, Todd, as you know, and, and as you guys know, there, there's a huge piece of the way we prepare for the races of using the driver in the loop simulator. We call it the DIL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we basically have these big, uh, it's basically glorified high racing rigs where the drivers can sit in and, and run the sim of the track they're driving. The renderings that have happened for this place are unbelievable. So to your point, we won't have a racetrack until whatever PM on Friday night. And and yesterday, Kyle and I were were in the DIL and, and he's driving the street course of Chicago, full renderings of the city, the, the catch fence, the walls, the barriers, the braking markers. And we're dissecting this place as if it's a real track that we're on right now today. We're analyzing the bumps. We're analyzing this and that. Um, so the technology behind what has brought that about is just remarkable. I mean, it's unbelievable. And, and you know, the, the track surface or, or the street surface has been scanned, um, I believe, by our factor, the company, the NASCAR, uses mm-hmm. to scan all the tracks. So we're capturing all of the content of the bumps and the braking zones and the cornering zones. Um, and we're picking it apart, you know, and, and having dialogue as if as if we're racing on the track right now. There's not even a real track right now. It doesn't even exist. It's not even <laughs> going to exist until Friday. And, and we have this full rendering of the track. Um, and, and of course, that's available to, to all the teams through the through the OEMs. And, and we use the Chevrolet uh, DIL rig, of course. But that in itself is remarkable. That has helped advance so much of our conversation um, of the track nuance. Uh, and, and what to anticipate, what to look for, because you just don't know that the track doesn't exist. So we're using all this technology to, um, you know, to be the foundation for the conversations, for the communication. 
and just start, you know, setting up our, our playbook going into the weekend. So, so not to dig into the team specific pieces, but for the fan base, what can they look for? What should they be looking for at this place? Where do they see passing zones? What are the places that they're going to be excited about watching? You know, I, I think the whole event itself is going to be incredible, and 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 I'm not exactly sure exactly what the race is going to look like. And Kyle and I have talked about that a little bit. Um, but you know, to to your direct question, there are going to be some passing zones. They're going to be pretty cool and exciting. Um, and, and I'll just start uh, on the front straightaway. So start finish line going into turn one is a pretty heavy braking zone. Mm-hmm. I, I think there could be some action and some potential for for passes and and uh, you know just some excitement in turn one. That's a left-hander. Turn two is a right-hander. May not be a a ton of opportunity there, but guys that do or don't get a good run on the exit of two, that sets you up for a long straightaway with a kink in it that goes into a hard-breaking zone in turn four. So I think the transition out of turn two and into turn four could be a pretty big opportunity to set up passes. Um, The other thing that's exciting about the breaking zone into turn four, it is super bumpy and super rough. Um, So even on just a, a normal lap you could see some guys you know getting getting out of shape themselves uh just in what that breaking zone and that presents um four to five is a pretty quick exchange out of five going into six is a long straightaway into another long breaking zone that could be a passing zone out of six uh it really starts the most technical part of the track uh going into seven which is a right hander eight is a very quick right hander into kind of a sweeping left hander of turn nine I don't know that any of that is going to be a passing zone itself, but uh, 7, 8, 9, 10 are going to set you up into a quick right-hander at 11. It's pretty bumpy and pretty hairy, so there could be an opportunity to get inside of somebody out of 11 into 12, which is the final breaking zone and right-hand turn before you're back to the front straightaway. So that's my quick and, and dirty assessment of the track and breaking zones, Kyle. And I were, were kind of thinking those would be the hot spots to look for. Um, and the other thing that I would add, this is pretty cool. Uh, Kyle was talking to AJ Allmendinger over the weekend this past weekend in Nashville, just kind of getting AJ's thoughts on, um, you know, street courses, street circuits, what to look for. And uh, AJ told Kyle, he's like, there is nothing more badass than when, when as a driver, you nail a good lap on a street circuit <laughs> because they're technical, they're rough. You have the barriers on either side of the track. There's not much room for error. Um, so, so just from a, a driver, um, I guess, mentality perspective going into the weekend. I think there's a lot of anticipation for how exciting the track itself is going to be, knowing that there's no room for error. It's, it's such a unique circuit. Um, no two corners are the same. You have smooth areas. You have rough areas. You have high braking zones. Of course, left-handers and right-handers. Um, so whether, whether we see a great product of racing with a lot of passing and stuff on track, nobody knows. We'll see. But I, I think we're going to have a lot of fun and excitement um, just in tackling the, the challenge of the circuit itself. Final question for you here, because I know it's a busy week and everyone's elbows up getting ready to go to Chicago. When you look at it, the pits, pit road is backward pit stops. First time we've dealt with cars coming in from your perspective, from the left to the right. Um, we don't have the stage breaks. We have the stage ends and stage breaks. Yeah, what's your sense, what we're going to see strategically wise to try to try to put yourself into the, into the good spot here at this point? I, I think you know, all the teams are going to be trying to figure out how to keep themselves positioned towards the front of the field so much. Um, you know, the way I just kind of described the track layout, yeah. there's going to be some some corners that are going to be pretty tight that if, if we see some chaos, 
track could get blocked. You, you could be in a pretty tough spot if you're not up front and able to stay ahead of that. So I, I don't yet know exactly how you're going to strategize around that because you're going to have to weigh the risk of pitting against the yellow. You know, if I pit now and then a yellow comes out, what does that mean? Um, or if I choose to run long and then a yellow comes out, what does that mean? And, and almost how to keep yourself ahead of the trouble. It's hard to anticipate that. It's hard to see the future and see that. But uh, I, I think we're all going to be thinking along those lines. Man, I'll tell you what. I, I was excited thinking about this and your, your breakdown of the lap and strategy and everything. I can't imagine what we're going to see. Cliff, it is always a pleasure to hang out with you. We know it's a busy week, so we appreciate you taking some time out and joining us here on Crew Call. We wish you the best. We'll see you up in Chicago. Yeah, sounds good. It's been great. Thanks, guys. Have there, a good day. There we go. Cliff Daniels joins us from Hendrick, uh, from Hendrick Motorsports. Stay with us. More Crew Call in just a moment. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Crew Call. We are continuing on. Todd Gordon and Steve Post. And I, and, and I shared with you, Todd, pre-meeting, pre-broadcasting, or pre-putting this together, that I never get too far out on the, the program. So I, I've known for a year we're going to the street course, but I literally got up early this morning and I'm like, okay, let's take a look at this thing. And as I'm watching it, I'm like smirking, I'm smiling, I'm like, this thing is going to be incredible. And then to listen, listen to Cliff Daniels, and I, and I want to get your take as well, then to listen to Cliff Daniels, I'm like, we are in for something that we don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be something special. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely is. And you look at the surfaces here, right? We've got we've got old asphalt. We've got new asphalt. We've got concrete. We've got bridges. There's two bridges we cross, <laughs> and they go up and over. So I just uh, I think you know what a great breakdown by Cliff of everything that we're going to see this weekend and 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 insight into what's happened. I mean, kudos to him. He, he laid a lot of stuff out there. Really, really cool stuff about where they've been, but also about what we're going to see at Chicago and. Um, lots of question marks there. Lots of question marks there. And it's going to be cool to see it. As you talked about, you know, you can't miss it and dump a tire off in the dirt. No. It's a wall. Like, yeah. this is street course racing. So it's yeah. hitting a lap here is like two inches off the wall on entry, two inches off the wall at the yeah. apex, two inches off the wall on exit. It's an adrenaline. It's got to be an adrenaline rush for these guys. I loved uh, his, his Kyle talked to AJ and when AJ said that mm -hmm. specifically that I never thought about that. And you got to be like, when you nail a lap here, like, like someone's going to be on the pole position Saturday when, when yes. we cover qualifying, yep. someone's going to be on the yep. pole position. Boy, what an accomplishment to get that pole position, let alone track position and setting yourself up for the race. What an accomplishment. Yes. Yes. <laughs> hitting that, hitting that perfect lap. It's going to be, it's going to be exciting. And, and I, Cliff does such a great job explaining everything. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, what a great place, person to bring on this week, explaining what's going up, the development they've done into it. But, but to, to, to work on that and really get to see what you've got, uh, it's not like any other race course we go to. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot of straight line braking, a lot of, you know, it's not about making sweeping corners. There is the one around the fountain. It's got a little banking to yeah. it. Yeah. But uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be, it's, I'm, I'm excited to get there. See, what I love about this sort of thing is the one around the fountain. 
Yeah. We don't ever race around fountains at any other place. I think the spotters are on either the Philharmonic or Sympathy uh, Symphony Building. They are. Ninth, ninth floor or something. Ninth Look up floor on top of, the of it. Symphony Building. We don't have Symphony Buildings at Martinsville. Nope. Okay. So um, I just, I, I think that's part of the fascination of it, the, the flavor of it as well. It is going to be awesome. It is. I, I just. Now that it's upon us, now it's upon us, I'm really geeked up about it. The event itself, I mean, the event itself is going to be awesome, too. If this goes off well, think of all of the other venues that we can take this format. It just opens up so many more, so many more opportunities. So many more opportunities. We'll see where it goes. But they've done... Julie's done such a great job. Julie Giese is the best. Yes. You have a project to do. If, If I have a project to do and budget is 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 not a factor i am she is the first person i am going I after i think she ran the daytona rising program she did the program, daytona rising program and then she ran the the re, rebuild at phoenix the rebuild which is phoenix. phenomenal if you yes. come into phoenix Ugh. like at dusk oh my gosh it's it's phenomenal but yeah. but and now she's doing the 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 program up here everything they've got going on i i, I heard a stat uh i yeah. heard a stat this week 82% of the ticket sales are first time attenders <sighs> Never been to a never been to a NASCAR oh race. Gosh, yeah. four four different concerts, a whole park theme. It's just there's a lot of opportunity here. It's yeah. going to be really cool. It's really going to be cool. Going to be fun. That's for sure. Motor Racing Network will be on the air all weekend long. We start our coverage one thirty Eastern time on Saturday. NASCAR Cup Series practice and qualifying. We'll see who can nail that perfect lap in that broadcast. 4 o'clock, the Loop 121 NASCAR Xfinity Series. The Xfinity Series, they're the, they're the guinea pigs. They're the, they're, they're, the, they're the first ones out on the racetrack for racing and, and actually practice earlier in the day as well. And the Cup guys don't get to run the Xfinity race. Oh, that's right. That's right. One of those little, oh, you're not going to, because you know... You oh, know, we've been stacked with been, cup guys. That have been that have been that have been, uh, been Justin Allgaier, Austin Hill, and thirty cup guys. That's yes. what that have been. Yeah. So, um, great, great stuff. And Sunday, the Grant Park two hundred NASCAR Cup Series race, MRN airtime four thirty Eastern time. Cannot wait to see what happens up there. We sincerely appreciate Cliff Daniels joining us here on Crew Call. More important though than all of that, and we say it every week, and we sincerely mean it. Thank you for joining us here on Crew Call on the Motor Racing Network.